name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. So let's set the scene of the first story. We have two characters, a judge who is a dishonest judge, and we have a widow. A widow is someone who, in Old Testament times, a widow is someone who not just doesn't have a husband, but doesn't have children. So this widow is all alone. Jesus says that the dishonest judge, he did not fear God, and he did not care about anyone's opinion about anything. So when you don't fear God, when you don't have an awe or a reverence of God, like, God, wow, and you don't have this beautiful fear of God, then eventually you start living as your own God. You live as a practical atheist. Yeah, maybe God exists, but I'm not afraid of Him. I don't care what, whatever His commandments are. And you become your own God. The judge did whatever he wanted and didn't care what anyone thought or felt. He was selfish. He was a narcissist. And he likely decided his judgments based on his own personal gain. It sounds like something political. The judge was a political type of judge. He did whatever pleased him. Now this widow, who has no one to defend her, she's alone, she feels like no one fights for her, she's praying. She's earnestly praying. Render me a just decision. She wants justice. She wants what is right. Sometimes, guys, when we pray, we're praying to God and we're saying, God, just do what's right. We can feel like we're not being answered. Like God is not listening to us. The widow simply asks for justice and nothing happens for a long time. Now the role of a judge, the role of a judge is to interpret the law. And every judge is meant to interpret the law based on what is right. A judge, if he's a good judge, should base his judgment on what is true and what is right. But as we talked about two weeks ago with moral relativism, say moral relativism. Moral relativism. We talked about this idea that truth is now becoming relativistic, which means that truth is based on your opinion and not on reality. And in a culture that is becoming morally relative, time after time, your truth is your truth, my truth is my truth, and it's all true, all together, then the judges are growing up in that society and they're not making their judgments based on truth. When you don't make your judgments based on truth, there will be injustice. There will be a lot of things that happen in this world that are just wrong. So let's just go over a few. What injustice do you see in the world? We know back home in Iraq, right now, it's like as if every five to ten years, there's like a war. There's an uprising. We saw, many of you watched videos in Baghdad on how the city is just being turned over. Well, if there's no justice, who gets hurt? It's always the minorities. It's always those who can't defend themselves. When there is no recognition of truth, there will be injustice. And when there's injustice, the minority, the people that are helpless, they're the ones that get hurt. How about the injustice of abortion? Who gets hurt in abortion? A mother and her child. The unborn baby. How about the injustice of the hookup culture, which eventually leads to divorce. Who gets hurt in divorce? 
the children. The injustice of children not growing up in a home with a mom and a dad. Or even the homosexual culture. How two men or two women can raise children. That's an injustice to the child to not have a mom and a dad in a home. Who gets hurt there? The kids. When you perceive injustice, when we do, we are tempted to anger. And we see anger manifest throughout the culture. You see a lot of things like when, when people do social justice type of stuff, there's protests. And thank God we're in America where we can protest. We can say, this is wrong. I love going to the March for Life every single year. This year we kind of don't have to go because Roe v. Wade got overturned. Can we just clap for that? So, and yet, there still is the injustice. But sometimes in these protests, when we see injustice, it hurts us and it leads us to anger, but this anger is often misled. It's an anger that you can't control, and it eventually leads you to doing what's very wrong. That's where we learn from this woman in the first story. This woman sees an injustice. She goes to the judge and says, render me a just decision. Give me justice. And the judge is like, get away from me. But what does the woman do? Instead of anger, she keeps praying. And she doesn't stop praying. Instead of anger, she prays. We as a people have to believe in the power of prayer. Prayer changes things. God is always listening. God will give us justice. And the judge would not have changed his mind unless the woman kept bothering him. Unless the woman kept trying and pushing. And when we feel like justice won't happen in the world, be assured that justice will happen in the next. That God is a good judge. That God will render justice to all those who are living in injustice and are not living in truth. God is saying, I'm a good judge and I got you. You might not experience justice in this world. Think of our people back home. Think about it. They're the minority in Iraq. Christians, half a percent out of all 99.5% Muslim country, and they are second-class citizens, and they might be thinking, where is the justice? I have human dignity. I'm a person. Why is my house getting flipped over? Why do I have to leave my home? Why do I have to convert? Where's my religious freedom? But there will be justice, maybe not in this world, but in the next. Amen? That's the God we believe in. That's the God that Jesus tells us. That's the God that He reveals to us. Now, prayer. We don't stop praying. And prayer changes stubborn hearts. This judge was very stubborn. Sounds like a Chaldean, right? Chaldeans, any of you guys stubborn over there? Just look at your dads. Dads, you're probably so stubborn. Moms, you're probably so stubborn. You know, where do we learn it from, you know? Chaldeans are very stubborn. I have a question. Is it good to be stubborn? Yes or no? No? Yes? The parents are like, yeah, of course. Here's what I would say about stubbornness. If you're stubborn with the truth, it's very good. Be stubborn with your faith. 
Be stubborn. Do not change for anyone because you have the truth. Be stubborn about what you believe as long as what you believe is in accord with truth. But if you're stubborn and you're wrong, how damaging is that? How bad is it to be both stubborn and wrong? This is why we need the second story. What's the second story? Two characters. A Pharisee who thinks he's the man. He's like hot stuff, you know. I'm, look at me, I tithe, I give 10%, you know, all this stuff. Look at me, I'm not like this tax collector, you know. And then you have this man who's beating his breast. And he says, Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. When Jesus tells us this parable, he's telling us, you could be wrong. Humble yourself. Don't think you're always right. Don't think you always know what's best. Be humble enough to recognize that you are a sinner. I'm a sinner. Especially recognize your weakness. This judge, like we said, the, the first judge, he had no fear of God, and eventually the truth was based on his thoughts. Moral relativism, narcissism, selfishness, I want to do me, but God is God and you're not. Humility is true self-knowledge. So is there a situation, I'm asking you now a question, is there a situation in your life where you think you're right and you're stubborn? Maybe you are. Maybe you're right. But I want you, maybe this situation's causing a conflict. Maybe there's some division in your life. Ask someone, tell them the full story, and be like, what do you think about this? Because you could be wrong. Are you being stubborn? Are you willing to listen to others? Now, a lot of us, when we ask people for their opinion, we go to certain people that we know they're going to agree with us. Don't do that. Go to a person that will tell you the truth, the real truth. I sit with people all the time. I'll, oftentimes I'll sit with married couples, I'll sit with couples, I'll do conflict resolution. And the reality is, both sides have a wrong. Both sides. There's no like, every, this person's all right and this person's all wrong. When I listen to both sides, I'm recognizing that we're just being stubborn. We're not being open to each other and we're not listening. So. To go to someone and say, hey, what do you think about this situation? Am I wrong here? That's an act of humility. That's, an, that's, that's recognizing that you could say, I might not be right. That's okay. So embrace that humility. Pray like the second man prayed. God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Jesus says, the second one went home justified. Amen. Amen.